welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Welcome to Turn the Page podcast. This is Jessica, and our guest today is Stephanie Garber. <laughs> And you are writing, um, this is, what book is this in the Caraval series now? So it's actually, uh, the Once Upon a Broken Heart is a brand new series. So Caraval um, has three books. It's Caraval, Legendary, and then Finale. And then I wrote a spinoff series that's set in the same universe. And one of the main characters in this book was an antagonist in the Caraval series, um, which I actually feel like puts it mildly because he was, he was a villain. He's totally not nice, um, but I really loved writing him. And so um, I wrote Once Upon a Broken Heart and it's a new protagonist. So the main character, she is new to this world. She has no idea about what happened in the world of Caraval. So if you haven't read those books, um, you can read Once Upon a Broken Heart, which is the first book in the series. And then the second book in the series is The Ballad of Never After. and um, Which is the is one that, that's coming out very, very soon. And yes. um, yeah, so, okay. So this is, so that I guess that is, I have to backtrack a bit. So technically this is not in the Caraval series, but it is, it is kind of listed like a, a Caraval book. So it's like adjacent. It's still playing in the same sandbox. Uh, so I'm assuming when you talk about the villain, you're talking about Jax. Yes. So what is it, okay. So uh, what is it about him that you were like, you know, okay, I want to bring him back into a new story. And how do you think like, you know, the, the last book was um, him and the new protagonist is Evangeline. Um, and that was just sort of like a, a really unlikely twisted relationship between the two of them. Um, how did she sort of pop into this world? And you said you really loved writing him. What was it about him that you're just like, you know what? I cannot let this guy go. Ooh, that's a good question. So when I first started writing Broke, Once Upon a Broken Heart, I was under contract for a totally different series. Um, I had, you know, I'd agreed to write a new YA series. I had talked with my editor. I was, I was pretty, I was, I was writing. I had already started writing it. I was like 15,000, 20,000 words, which for me is a lot because I spent a lot of time on the opening. Um, but in the back of my head, when I'd finished the Caraval series, I knew that I wanted to write a book about Jax because he was one of my favorite characters to write. I love characters that are highly motivated, that have a goal and that they're willing to do anything to get to the goal. You know, I think a lot of us do that, like highly motivated character who has one weakness, you know, it's like, they'll do anything, any horrible, horrible thing, but then they have this this one Achilles heel. And, and I think for me with Jax is I love the idea that, you know, he, his kisses are deadly. He has no problem killing people. He has no problem hurting people, but at the end of the day, like he wants his one true love, you know, I don't even know if he's capable of love, but still, this is the thing he wants. And I feel like we so often have females who are searching for that. And, um, like, 
obviously searching for that because I believe a lot of our male characters are too, but we just don't state it outright. And so I kind of love playing with that. Um, but for a long time, I didn't have an idea of how I wanted to do it until, you know, one day I was, I was thinking about heartbreak, which I do a lot. And I, I've always just kind of, I love anything that's like a deal with the devil. Like it's one of my favorite tropes. I love deal with the devil type books. And I, you know, suddenly was able to pair the idea of what if a girl who is, she's brokenhearted because she is in love with someone. Like it is that first love, that first love that's so strong and so powerful. And, um, it also, you know, makes us a little unaware that she's convinced he's going to save. I'm not spoiling much. This is all in the first chapter of broken heart. He's going to say, you know, he, the love of her life is going to marry another. And she's so convinced that he loves her. She believes he has to be cursed. Like clearly there's no other reason he would marry another. So she is. Yeah. Yeah. Because she is sort of like, um, uh, like this hopeless romantic. And, you know, when we all, when we all, when most of us, um, I I'm sure there are some jaded people who, who don't, who are just like, yeah, this is just my first love, whatever. But I'm sure that those people are very few and far between, you know, cause you are sort of, um, sold this fairy tale world. I mean, I can tell also from your bio and just in general that you're a Disney person, right? I am. <laughs> right. So, you know, when you look at just these happily ever afters with Disney, like, you know, you, you meet somebody and you're just like, oh yeah, this is, this is my true love. Um, until Frozen came around and everyone's dunking on Anna for like, oh, I'm going to marry somebody I just met. But, you know, this is really what we all grew up with. So like, of course, like you feel that first like love, you're just like, well, of course they're meant to be with me. You know, how could, how could he be marrying another? Clearly, clearly he's under a curse because this is my true love. This is my love story. And, um, you know, I, I have to go and live out this fairy tale. Yes, exactly. I mean, and that's what she's believed. She's believed first love, true love, forever love are all the same. And so the only logical choice for her is to go make a deal with an immortal. Um, And she picks the Prince of Hearts because, you know, she believes, poor girl, that he's going to be sympathetic. He he's searching for his true love. So of course he can help her. He has power. He'll be sympathetic. And so, um, you know, suddenly I just had the idea for this, for this deal and all the ways that it could go horribly awry. And that's really, that's how it started. Cause I thought, oh my gosh, what also, what a better pairing a girl who is a hopeless romantic with a character who actually isn't really capable of feeling love. So talk a little bit about um, the immor- immortals in this particular world and how it's just sort of like expanding um, the sandbox that you started with um, with the Caraval series. This is le- less a game um, where the- those were really more about the game. And this is just fleshing out this beautiful mythological world. Oh, thanks. So, um, you know, it was a little tricky because the immortals in Caravel, they're these fates and they were trapped in a deck of cards. And I don't really, I don't get much into that. And broken heart, I think Evangeline asks a question and um, Jack says something like that is a whole other story. And so we don't really go there. And um, because I just wanted to make it, I was like, you know what, this is a whole other story. It took a whole other book to tell. So I don't get too much into Jack's 
like mythology as an immortal, um, in this series, but I do get into his background, you know, especially in the ballad of never after of his life before becoming a fate. So you do. So anyone who's curious about Jack's, you know, he's been an immortal for a really long time. There are rules about immortals, how their emotions aren't the same. Um, you know, like mortality is tied to a lack of love and they don't feel the same as humans, but they feel a lot. So whenever they feel things, um, whenever they, they are in lust, whenever they want something, they want it much more than humans. And the things they're willing to do are more extreme and they don't necessarily see anything wrong with it. And I say they, because Jax isn't the only immortal, um, that we see in the broken heart series. Um, there are a couple more that come into play in broken heart. And then again, in the ballad of never after, and they are all, you know, equally driven. Um, they're great when they're excellent allies, but they're also kind of, you know, it's like being, being friends with like a baby tiger. So they're a tiger is going to be a tiger and it might hurt you sometimes just by the nature of what it is. So I think that also makes these characters fun to write because sometimes even when they're not trying to be evil, they can be very dangerous. So I can also kind of, um, I'm also just, you know, sort of also gathering that you're like a, a mythology buff. How, so how did this, how did you get into this world? Cause this is the first time we're talking. So I want to know this, uh, where did everything just sort of spring from and what, um, what did you sort of enjoy before you became a writer? Ooh, okay. Those are great questions. So yes, I, I love mythology. I love fantasy. I mean, I remember as a kid, when I was in elementary school, discovering Greek myths and reading everything. My, I don't remember, I, but for years I did, I could have told you anything obscure. Cause I just, I thought the stories were so wonderful. I, I love fantasy. Like, you know, recently I started watching the Sandman and just the opening of it. I was like, just the first a friend had told me. And oh, I, so gorgeous, right? Oh, and they picked the perfect broody actor. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it was just like, right within the first five minutes, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm going to love this. And I was also like, this is why I love fantasy. I love going into another world and, and learning a new set of rules and especially the new stories. I love stories. I just feel like for me, um, I feel like stories are a great lens to contrast our world and to make sense of things and to share love and to connect with people. I connect so much with people over stories. And so when I was writing, um, once upon a broken heart, the mythology of this world really started from the idea. Um, because again, I wanted it set in the same universe and in the Caravel series, you learn that there is the North, but you don't know much about it. And I wanted readers to be able to go into the North, new readers and old readers, but I didn't want them to have to learn, relearn all the rules of Caraval, um, because that's three books. That's a lot of rules. So I started fresh by saying there's magic in the North that is unique to the North. Um, there is this big gateway arch and then magic cannot pass from it. And so I started with this idea that like, Hey, all the rules are different to keep it really simple. And then I started with one rule um, because for me as a writer, I like to kind of 
you know, have one seed that I plant and then have everything else spring off of it, because I think it makes a lot more sense that way. Um, even though, so, you know, like to be like, this is, this is the foundation and everything else on this world is built in this idea. And so for me, it started with stories and the idea that the North has a story curse. And so all the, all the history there is tied in with fairy tales because the history and the stories are all warped in different ways. And so there are some stories where they change a little, you know, every time they're told becoming less and less true, which is what makes some of their history more like fairy tales. Um, there are other stories like Evangeline has her favorite story, which is the ballad of the archer and the fox. And no one can remember how it ends. Every time it's told, um, the ending is forgotten. So no one can remember. And there are all these different curses that apply to the story. And the magical thing about the curses for me is like Evangeline's mother is from the North. So she was raised to believe all fairy tales have truth in them. So instead of hearing like these stories and, you know, looking at the opposite way, like you can't trust any stories. They are all false. It's like, no, these are all fairy tales, but they're all a little true. They were all based on history, but over time it got warped or twisted, but there's always truth to this story. So she really literally grew up believing in fairy tales and, um, the fairy tales turn out to be true, but you just don't know which parts are. So that was where I really started. Um, every, like all the magic of the North came from that one idea, this one story curse. I love that so much. And um, as a fan of just like fairy tales in general, and like, I like the, I like the dark ones. I mean, I, I remember the first time um, I was kind of exposed to the grimmer of the grim fairy tales was kind of in a weird way. There used to be this, um, this special that sometimes would play on Nickelodeon. It was like these anime versions of Grimm's fairy tales, but they were darker. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what the series was, but the first one I remember where I was, I'm watching it and I'm just like, oh, this is interesting. It was a Snow White. And what happened in that one, and then I later found out this is another version of one of the uh, other versions of Snow White. And as we know, the Grimm's collected fairy tales, which had variations, much like what you were talking about. So I, I love that that's just all sort of woven in. But uh, the, the evil queen visited her several times. And one time she gave her a poisoned comb. And <gasps> another yeah. time she strangled her with her, um, her bodice um, lace. And I remember being like really young and being like, oh yeah, give me more of this. <laughs> I, I can relate. I remember the first time I had like a collection of Grimm's fairy tales and read them. And I was like, oh, the stepsisters chop off parts of their feet to fit yeah, in the shoes. It's not. And then like things just get, keep getting worse for them. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's just, I mean, I was. I was, I mean, I am a sucker for Disney. I love the Disney versions, but I also do. And I think that's what makes these darker versions better because then it's like, okay, here's one version, but then also there's another world that's a lot bloodier. Were you um, a fan of Once Upon a Time? I was. Were you a Mr. Gold fan or a Hook fan? Both. I I mean, I I get that because, because of Jax and like, you know, and especially just the fact that you decided to make him a major character in this book and then just kind of how you were describing why before I was like, oh, she is an anti-hero fan. And we can talk about Mr. Gold and Hook because I loved both of them. 
I, yes, I was actually talking to someone the other day about, uh, once. And I was like, yeah, I, I think I stuck with it all the way up through Camelot. Um, because I just couldn't do like another, another round where they couldn't remember what happened, but I, I loved hook. I remember when hook came in, I was like, oh my gosh, who is this? Um, and gold was just, I mean, also, but I think the evil queen too was fantastic. Well, she was really great too, but I think like what, you know, all those characters have and just sort of tying it into, you know, your story is this whole idea of being sort of corrupted by this magic and not being able to feel things in the same way. Although hook's a different story hook. Yeah. He's, he's more like, you know, not, not as much of a magical anti-hero as like Regina and Rumpelstiltskin were. Um, but yeah, it's so funny because like, I, I think like any fan of once would, who has not tried your series would find um, much to love here in the mythology. And um, I do love that you sort of, you didn't reboot it. You just shifted it. So if people look at it, they, they won't necessarily feel like they have to read the Caraval series, but it might lead them back. That, that was the hope, you know, I really wanted, cause it's like, Hey, not every book is for every reader. And so my hope was like, Hey, if, if Caravel didn't sound like it was for you, you can still read this. It's all new. I'm not requiring anything, but my hope is that like, if you like Jax, you will, he is in, he comes in and legendary. So you can like get your fix in between books by picking up that series. That was my hope. <laughs> so do you have a favorite, um, obscure Grimm's fairy tale? Ooh, I don't know about obscure. I mean, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've picked up like the old Grimm's fairy tales. I think occasionally, um, gosh, I was trying, I was like reading early drafts of like a fairy tale anthology for a friend. And then I picked up Grimm's fairy tales just to kind of help me. Um, so I'm going to give a different answer and I'm going to say, Instead of Grimm's, I'm going to recommend Melissa Albert's um, Tales from the Hinterland because I was, I was thinking that in my mind. Those are so good. If you love like the Grimm's fairy tales, she's uh, there, I think there were like 13 tales and they, it's really neat because it ties into her, her book, um, you know, her book, The Hazelwood, but these tales from the Hinterland are so dark and twisty. And just, I think her writing is brilliant. Yeah, it really is um, beautiful. And um, she has, there's two Hinterland books now, not, yeah. Um, the and, and then she had one that came out this summer, which was also very, very good, but not a Hinterland's book. Yes. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I think she's just so smart with how she twists fairy tales and um, subverts expectations. Like, yeah, I highly recommend her books. So anyway, um, well, are you, um, so where, so I know that this is like, you know, you're, you're good with the cliffhangers at the ends of your, your stories. Um, how many in this particular series are you planning? So, um, I'm not sure when this is airing. Um, um after, uh, after on or after publication week. Okay. So I can't say. Ah, hey. <laughs> So I can't say we're, we're leaving it. Um, we're leaving it a secret because I feel like, um, so often when readers go into a series, if they know it's a duology or a trilogy 
or an ongoing series, they have a different set of expectations. And so I really, really wanted readers to be able to go into um, the ballad of never after, not knowing if it was going to be a duology, if it was going to wrap up, if it was going to continue, have a cliffhanger, like where it was going to go. So um, I, I thought it would be fun, but maybe I'm also just a little mean. Um, so we're keeping it a secret um, for a little while. So I think after sometime after publication, I don't know exactly when um, we'll be announcing what my next next project will be. And that's when readers will find out if the series will continue or not. Well, you are definitely teasing us here, but thank you for, uh, thank you for your time. This was super fun. Um, thank you for having me. And uh, we hope to have you back at some point. Yes, I would love that. And thank you. Yeah, thank you again for making the time to chat. It was a lot of fun. It was. Um, so once again, this is Jessica with Sayas at Libraries Turn the Page podcast. Our guest today was... Stephanie Garber. And we are going to close this chapter of Turn the Page. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.